On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are spagless, but I am joined by Chris Price from Boston Sports Journal. He uh, comes on to break down the matchup between my team and Spags' team to see who is the ultimate winner out of that matchup. And he also talks a little bit about OTAs and some of his history uh, with the Patriots and with covering the team. It's a great interview, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Price, and it is, but just a quick warning from you, you're not going to hear the whole thing, because for whatever reason, my audio was acting up, uh, and so I was choppy in and out, not sure what was going on, so clearly some sort of screw up there, uh, I apologize about that, so I did have to cut some things out of the interview, and you hear, uh, sometimes when I'm trying to ask them a question, you just won't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, so I did cut out, um, I did cut out some things, uh, from there, but hopefully you'll still enjoy it. I think it's a great interview. And again, Chris, uh, one of the nicest guys in the business. Um, really, really nice that he took the time out of his night uh, to spend some time with me uh, talking about Patriots. So without further ado, let's get into that interview with Chris Price. All right, we're going to welcome on to the show Patriots beat writer for Boston Sports Journal. He is the author of books such as Drive for Five and The Blueprint, which are still available on Amazon. He's a great guy and a great Patriots reporter as well. Chris Price. Chris, welcome onto the show. It's my pleasure, Pat. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, that's fun. Now, we, you know, for the people that are listening that weren't Weekend Warrior fans, uh, I had Chris on the show last, uh, my last, my old show on Weekend Warrior, and now he's back on the uh, on the Patriot Nation podcast. So we appreciate him coming on. And, and uh, here to talk about, well, first, the, the Belichick draft, the all-time Belichick draft. Figured we had to get someone that's been covering the Patriots for you know for as long as you have, Chris. And so, uh, just kind of curious about your thoughts on on the matchup that we have. I'm telling you, Pat. I thought about this for a long, long time, and I have a lot of like. I mean, it's easy to to kind of pick out you know your favorites, you know the Brady's, the you know the Ty Laws, those kind of guys. And so I tried to go down this this list rather objectively and go you know, position for position and go, okay, well, you know, Ryan got you there with, with Brady, but, you know, you're you're coming back with Gronkowski and kind of doing one of those deals. Look, man, at the end of the day, I come back to it. I'm going with whoever has Brady. <laughs> I yeah. really am. And I hate to tell you that because I know that you got Garoppolo quarterback and Ryan has um, has, has Brady at quarterback. But I, I just I, – I, I'm, I'm also more of an apologist for more of the guys on – you know, kind of the, the, the underrated types, you know, the the names that are not necessarily the high-level guys, but 
you know, I love Mankins. I'm a Mankins, yeah. like I said, I'm a Mankins apologist. Um, Trey Flowers, Vrabel, all all those guys. I just, in, 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 the, the tough thing is, on the other side of the ball, maybe my, you know, on, on, on your team is maybe my, you know, second or third favorite guy in Rodney Harrison. And so it's tough. Right. It is. It's really tough. And you can't go against, look at this, your, your cornerbacks, Revis and Gilmore. It's, I mean, it's tough. It was, it was really, really difficult, but I got to give, <laughs> if, if, if we're, if we're kind of playing the game out in our minds, right. I have to give Ryan like a, a, a three, a one to three point edge. The one thing you guys didn't do here that I noticed is add special teamers. Right. You know, you did, there's no was, Vinatieri yeah. Guskowski, there's no Ryan Allen, Ken Walter, you know, Lonnie Paxton versus Joe Cardone. I don't know if you want to go that deep, but right. I, I got to give, I, I just, I, I, I got to give Ryan just a little bit of an edge there just because he got Brady. Well, it's a good point because, you know, it could be a situation where it had, we even just included the kicker, forget the punter, you know, even if we had just included the kicker, where he gets Brady, but I get Vinatieri, and then you say, mm-hmm. "Oh boy, here we go!" Like now, what? Exactly. You know, and it could exactly. have made it a little bit more of a difficult decision. It's a good point. Uh, you know, we thought about doing kicker, and then we kind of decided against it. We probably should have. There were two. I mean, there were two clear cut guys. Obviously, you only had two kickers, so like, um, you know, we certainly could have done that. Um, but you're right. You know, it's it, it's. Look, I mean. <sighs> I, I kind of made my pitch already, you know, on a, on a previous show, but I think the biggest thing for me that I have going is that my, I think the way you beat Brady and the way the Giants did it twice is by being able to get pressure without blitzing and, yep. and play man coverage. And I think, yep. you know, with Revis Gilmore and Tlaib and Harrison and, you know, even a guy like Colvin, I think I have enough pieces that can do that. And I think yeah. I, I would throw, you know, you know, to me personally, I'd probably throw Tlaib and Harmon on, you know, bracket coverage on Randy Moss and then try to try to man-to-man everyone else, you know. And on the yeah. offensive side of the ball, for me, I, I have three receivers and Gronk, and he has two corners. So that's yeah. where, to me, I'm like, oh, you know, but like you said, it's like it doesn't matter how many times you score because he has freaking Tom Brady. So at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> now what, you know? Exactly, man. It's like I'm, I'm just <sighs> – in, 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 now that you say that and I look at your roster – I can see that group being uh, being obviously incredibly difficult for even for for Brady to go against on a you know even on a one off basis with Seymour and McGinnis and you know Hightower and Revis and Gilmore and Wilfork and all of those unbelievable names just across the board. But again, man, I got to go with him. At the end of the day, it's it's Brady by a nose right. just just because he's Brady and he's earned that you know above everything else, you know, regardless of the situation. But again, hey, maybe it comes down to, you know, maybe it comes down to Vinatieri versus Guskowski, you know, a kick right. with, you know, with a game on the line. So, so who knows? but I, I would love to see this. If there's any way that, um, <laughs> if there's any way that Madden could simulate this, this would be an awful lot of fun to watch. Hey, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get that going. We'll, we'll try to do a Madden sim on that. It's a good idea. I'm sure they have, I'm sure they have all these players available. So we'll just have to kind of pull them out, you know? Um, the one thing, one question I had for you, which I thought was interesting, people, the most of the second guessing I got from people was that I didn't go Gronk and Moss in rounds two and three. Now, my opinion was, and you said too, with the defense, like the only way you even have a chance of beating Brady is by building an elite defense. 
Yeah. Do you think, you know, you think I'd have any better of a chance if I had Moss and, and Gronk? Probably not, right? I mean, like it's the same no, story. It's, it's still great. Yeah, I mean, you, you are, you are, as a GM looking at this breakdown, you are clearly casting your lot with it, with all of the offensive talent that you have. You're clearly betting on your defense. You are clearly, and it's clear across the board. If you want to do that matchup man for man thing. I think your defense is a better defense than, than, than what Ryan has. But I still at the you know, you, you, you know Brady's gonna figure out a way. And it may not even be with Moss. It may be with, with Troy Brown or, or or you know, or White or you know, whatever the case may be, Brady is going to find some sort of wrinkle that's gonna allow him to have success even against a defense of that magnitude. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, the the poll online did finish. It was 54% Spags and, and 46% me. So I think, you know, the people agree with you. And the people I think have spoken. Against Brady, team against Brady, but, um, you know, but but I think I think you're right. On this one, uh, why you choose Brady here. So, okay, let's get back to the, to the actual team uh, that's going to be on the field. And but last week was really the, oh, the media. What did you see from, and again, we're, you know, I mean, we're really looking for the rookies because those are the guys we haven't seen, you know, Nikhil Harry and Winovich and, you know, Joe Juwan Williams and, um, and uh, Stidham, you know, those are the guys that we're really interested in. You know, what, what did you see from those guys? And again, they're in shorts and t-shirts. Like they're not, I mean, this isn't, you know, football, but like, you know, what did you see from these guys? Well, I, I always have to remember in situations like that with rookies, especially, and whether it's line player, whatever the case may be, you bring up the you know an excellent point that guys are in shorts and t-shirts, and you know with shells, and they're on uh, a practice field, and so you don't want to go too far in one way, you know, one direction or the other. But at the same time, it's really easy to be depressed, be be impressed. I'm sorry, <laughs> be impressed with mm. Nikhil Harry. Uh, you know, the young man has done a, an, an excellent job in terms of getting up to speed. He really has, and I've said this before, and I've talked to people at Arizona State. I've talked to a lot of people who watched him play. Got a lot of Des Bryant in his game. You know, he's just he's he's a mm. big physical wide receiver. Um, even in small doses, you know, the two hours or so that we got the other day, he was making back shoulder grabs. He was, you know, bodying up on on cornerbacks. He was clearly a guy who you had to pay attention to. You know, and, and I, it was funny, I wrote this for Boston Sports Journal. You know, you don't want to get too carried away with one springtime performance. That's one of the rules that I've had covering this team since 2001. You don't want to make grand sweeping proclamations after one practice. But it's awful hard, like I said, not to be impressed by what he looks like out there and the fact that he looks like he fits, quite frankly. The thing that I look for with rookies like that is – do they look overwhelmed? Do they look out of place? Do they look like they shouldn't belong? Do they look like they shouldn't be out there? And with a couple of exceptions, um, Jared Stidham got a talking to uh, once, and Beck, the, the undrafted free agent, the tight end out of Texas, also was uh, was yelled at for some unknown infraction. For the most part, they looked okay, you know. And again, I'll you know. Mm. I'll, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll add that, you know, it's it's May as we sit here, so you don't want to go overboard in one direction or the other. But these guys look like they fit out there. These guys look like they belong. You know, Winovich 
was moving and you know looking like he fit in that defense and you know in a reasonable facsimile of the number one and the number two defense Juwan Williams um is a big guy Williams is just that's the one thing that really stood out for me about him he is the biggest cornerback that, that Bill Belichick has ever drafted and he looks it he is a guy who is just has the potential to be big and physical and and just really make an impact um, as a rookie. But the two guys who above everyone else kind of stand out for me are Nikhil Herring-Winovich. And I think both of them, at least right now, have a a real opportunity to be contributors, uh, you know, come week one. And that's not to say that Damian Harris might, you know, might not grow into the role or, you know, again, Beck and, and some of the other guys. But those are the two guys for me right now who stand out as guys who have a chance to be starters come week one. Right. Well, and, you know, I think two big things for me about, you know, about this, uh, you know, this draft class, number one, very, very rarely, you know, in the course of Bill Belichick's tenure, have we had a draft class where there's so much excitement around it. And, you know, I think the big thing really is that he has high impact skill position players that we're looking at like, whoa, like here's a big time, big physical, you know, number one receiver type player. When's the, I mean, Belichick never drafted a guy like that. You know, maybe you could yeah. say Aaron Dobson or Chad Jackson, but even those guys didn't have the hype that Harry had, not even close to it. So, you know, I think that, you know, fr- from that aspect of it, but then you also have Williams, you know, a big, a, a big corner and, you know, Winovich, who everyone talked about was a great player. And, you know, even a guy like Stidham who, you know, a lot of people were way down on in the draft, but realistically before the season, he was, you know, potentially a first round draft pick and they get him in the fourth. And so, you know, that's the type of, that's the type of draft you like to see. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't get that often here, which is, which is nice, you know, but I think the other thing for me with Harry that I've been really impressed about is the way that he's been talking and what he's mm-hmm. been talking about, you know, attitude that you want from a guy, especially a guy that has the talent that he already has. Yeah, the other thing too about um, Harry that has really stood out about me, and and again, I'm going to preface this by saying, look, it's May. You know, we've seen lots of rookies here over the years be hyped, and then you know, stumble and fall come you know September, October, November, whatever the case may be. But um, I, I can't remember a guy who was taken under Brady and uh, Edelman's wing, for lack of a better term, right. so early in his career. Uh, look, I think that bodes well. I think the arrow, like I wrote the other day, is pointing in the right direction. It's still relatively early, but these are all good things. You know, you talk about what he's saying. You talk about the way he's producing, the way he's carrying himself. These are all positives. And I think if you're a Patriots fan, you have a reason to be encouraged. Again, I'll go back to what I said before, that it's only May, but, you know, things are certainly pointing in the right direction when you talk about that young man. The other thing, too, I think the last time people felt this optimistic about a draft class, I would argue either 2010 or 2011. Uh, The 2010 draft class, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, McCourty, Gronkowski, Hernandez, Spikes, Mesco, that was a really good group. And then the 2011 draft, the two running backs, Vereen and Ridley, uh, I I think those two drafts, I think there was a real sense of optimism around those. But I don't know if there's been as much optimism since then the likes of which we've seen at least to this point in the calendar. Right. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. So uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be trolling Volan here, but you know, that 
Clearly, the Patriots won the, won the Super Bowl last year. It didn't have much of an effect. Does it have any effect? It doesn't matter. Does it have any effect on the team? I think they'd love to have him there. I, I do. And I think at the same time, it's a handful of practices with a guy that, right. you know, you, you know that you're intimately connected with. And look, I, I know a lot of people are going to go back and say, well, you know, they did it last year and they won the Super Bowl, so let's just bring it forward. I think it'd be nice to have him. And, and you know, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, maybe – in a moment of real honesty, Belichick wouldn't say, you know what, damn it, we'd love to have him here. But at the same time, I I just, I can't get that worked up about it. I, I, really, I really can't. Yeah. You know, when you look at the body of work, when you look at how long he's been in the league, when you look at the fact that he's taken the time to work with Nikhil Harry, I, I, I don't know what else you would want from him. I, I firmly maintain this is the trade-off that we saw from, you know, that really an outgrowth of Tom versus time where, where Giselle was talking about, okay, two more. This is the trade-off. He, he, he goes back to her and says, look, okay, I, I'm going to keep playing, but here, I'll give you this. I, I'll, I won't go to OTA. So, I'll, you know, I'll have more time with the family. So look, would you like him there? If really down deep, I think the Patriots would, but I think at the, at the same time, I think the reality of the situation is as long as you take care of your business, as long as you get a chance to work with guys like Nikhil Harry, as long as you take care of your body, as long as you're mindful when it comes to preparation at this time of year, I really don't have that big a problem with it. Mm. No, I agree a hundred percent. You have been obviously covering the Patriots for a long time. I just personally for you, I'm interested in in maybe a favorite story of yours, whether it's you know related to a player or related to you know uh, you know when you're on the road with the team or you know anything like that. Any type of like one of your like favorite like go to stories. Like if you're at like a you know you're at like a cocktail party and people are like, oh, you cover the Patriots, and you're like, oh yeah, this is the story that everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, that's so cool or so funny or whatever. Well, I can I can tell you a couple of different stories. I think for me, one of my favorite stories came in 2009, and it came covering one of my favorite players. That's not my most favorite player uh, that I've had since you know I started covering the team in 2001, and that was Kevin Falk. And, and Kevin Falk was obviously involved in the fourth and two in 2009, and we all rushed down to his locker, and we all kind of stand in front of his locker. And Kevin Falk built up an awful lot of currency with at least with me over the course of the year, because he was the kind of guy where you could put your notebook away and say, look, explain to me what this is. And he would help you become a better reporter because he could explain something to you. He wouldn't be giving away state secrets, but he would take the time to talk with you and kind of walk you through a situation and say, this is why Bill is doing what he's doing. This is why we're doing what we're doing. And he would help you see the big picture. He wouldn't necessarily write everything all the time, but he would help you understand the game and he would help you give a more informed opinion when you were writing your story. Well, we walked down to his locker in 2009, and he just says, guys, I can't talk right now. And it's just you can see the adrenaline coursing through his veins, and it was the, it was the fourth and two game, and he'd just come up short, and they lost just in, in an absolutely heartbreaking fashion to, to Peyton and the Colts that night. And we just kind of gave him his space for a few minutes, and – you know, let him kind of come down off of this adrenaline-fueled high. And, you know, it, 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 it's one of those situations for me. It, it's very interesting covering the team 
on a number of levels because you need to be able to develop a relationship with these players to a point where you can get them to trust you. I always remember Rodney Harrison talking about what it's like to talk to the media right after a football game. He says, imagine you've been in a car crash and you have all this adrenaline flowing through you and you're all jacked up and you're all excited. And then five minutes later, you need to walk into a room and talk to the media in a very straightforward, very straight-laced, very kind of, you know, business-like fashion. And it's really tough to do. And guys like Rodney, guys like Kevin, you know, there are other guys over the years. Matthew Slater has become a personal favorite of mine. Devin McCourty. Um, Guys like that have earned my respect by the way they conduct themselves around the media. And, you know, the fact that they can – you know, gather their thoughts and deliver a statement, you know, win or lose, that says something to me. And that, that says something about the working relationship that we have with them. So I guess really for me, it's been the relationships, I guess, you know, from a big picture perspective that I've built up with some of these guys over the years, being able to talk to Slate and McCordy and Kevin and Rodney and guys like that and, and having them teach me some of the finer points of the game and making me a better reporter along the way, things like that go an awful long way with me. You know, we're, we're all taught to be unbiased in our job and we're all taught to be very kind of, you know, straightforward in our reporting, but we can be happy for guys when they have a level of success. Um, and, and I've been happy for those guys when they've had that level of success. You know, it, it's very easy to root for a guy like Matthew Slater. It's very easy to be happy for a guy like Devin McCourty, in my experience, having seen those guys and having seen what they've gone through over the years, making the sacrifices to be able to get to where they are right now as professionals. So I guess for me, there's not really one singular, you know, kind of standout story, but there, there's a bunch of things that have happened to me over the years that have really kind of solidified my faith in the fact that these athletes are real individuals and they're, you know, good people. A lot of them are good people and they have families and they have pursuits and they have hobbies outside of football. It's fun talking to guys about stuff like that. It's fun talking to guys like Ted Karras about the office. Ted Karras is maybe the world's foremost authority on the TV show, the office. Um, it's fun talking to David Patton when he was here about Madden. He loved playing Madden and he loved all of the, the interesting things about Madden. It's, it was fun talking to Martellus Bennett and Malcolm Mitchell about children's literature, two guys who have written children's books. You know, those are the kinds of things that when I'm done with this job, I will take away as my most favorite memories, not so much covering them as players, but covering them as individuals, getting a chance to know them just a little bit when it comes to them as human beings away from the football field. All right, so the end of the interview did cut off there, so I just want to say thanks again to Chris Price for coming on. Uh, If you're not subscribed to Boston Sports Journal already, you should do so. Uh, Not only are they covering the Patriots, but they're also covering uh, a ton of different things, him and Bedard are over there, but they're also covering the Bruins and the Red Sox. Uh, and the Celtics. And so uh, they really do a nice job over there. So if you're not subscribed to BSJ already, uh, do that. Also, you can find either one of his books online uh, on Amazon.com. So uh, definitely check those out. And, uh, you know, again, huge thank to Chris. And like I said, he's just one of the nice guys in the business. Really, really nice guy. Super down to earth. Uh, when I had him on the uh, the Weekend Warrior show, 
I had seen him at camp uh, a few days later. He, you know, asked me how I was doing, asked me what I thought about what I thought about uh, the practice. Really, kind of took some time out with me, which I thought was really nice. Um, so, definitely one of the class guys. Appreciate him coming on, and you know, he said he'd like to come back soon, and and that would be great. So, anyways, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at Pat's Nation Pod. Spags is at Ryan underscore Spags, and I am at P Lane underscore Pats, and Chris is at C Price NFL. So give us all a follow there, follow along, make sure you're interacting, let us know what you thought um, about our teams. We appreciate you guys getting involved in voting. I thought that was pretty fun. So uh, we're going to keep you, try to keep you entertained uh, throughout the offseason with different things going on. So that's all we got for this week. I will talk to you guys next week.